أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل أقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedu'uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. A rough translation of the text we will be reading and reflecting upon, inshallah, will be posted at this website too. You can go to podcasts, then words, then the 16th word. And as that implies, inshallah, today we are continuing with the 16th word. This treatise is about, uh, mainly about two verses from the 36th chapter of the Quran, Surah Al-Yasin. And in the uh, meanwhile, we also think about uh, some other verses, some other signs from the Quran. The part that has inspired, the verses that have inspired this treatise are as follows. أَسْتَعِذُ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ فَسُبْحَانَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver, when he, that is God, wills something to be, his way is to say be and it is. So glory be to him in whose hand lies domination over all things. It is to him that you will all be brought back. Once again, this is Surah Al-Yasin, 36th chapter of the Quran, verses 82 and 83. Following this, Ustad Nursi says this, written to afford some inner sight to my blinded lower soul by showing four rays from the luminous light of this verse that should be a source of reassurance for my soul and that should dispel darkness. So out of those four rays, we read the first and the second. Inshallah, today we will continue with the third. Bismillah. Üçüncü şua, third ray. Ey haddinden tecavüz etmiş nefsi pür vesvas. Diyorsun ki, Biyedihi melekutu kulli şey. Mâ min dâbbetin illâ huve âhizun bin nâsiyetihâ. Ve nahnu akrabu ileyhi min khablil verid. Gibi ayetler. Nihayet derecede kurbiyet ilahiyeyi gösteriyor. Ve ileyhi turcaun ta'arucul melaiketu var ruhu ileyhi fi yevmin kâne miqdâruhu hamsine elfe sene. Ve hadiste varid olan Cenab-ı Hak yetmiş bin hicab arkasındadır. 
ve miraç gibi hakikatler nihayet derecede bu diyetimizi gösteriyor. Şu sırrı gamızı fehme takrip edecek bir izah isterim. Oh, the ever-whispering lower soul, which has transgressed its limits. So, at this point, as usual, we remember that Ustad Nursi writes these treatises first and foremost to his soul, to his lower soul, to himself. And we will, inshallah, get the most benefit if we read it, listen to it, try to understand it, as if it is addressing directly to ourselves, for each and every one of us. It says, Oh, the ever-whispering lower soul. And that is one of the characteristics of the lower soul, of course. It wants something and it keeps pestering, whispering ever, 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 ever. I want this, I want this, I want this. Why don't you get that? Why don't you get that? Right? It doesn't give up. If that whispering is from Satan, it is usually a suggestion, but then moves on. With the lower soul, it is persistent and insistent and won't let you go. It will be pestering and nagging. So, that's the lower soul. And it, is, it transgresses its, its limits. Look at the question that is uh, coming. It, you know, it, it is asking when it asks, when it is the lower soul that is asking, it asks from a, like the, the point of objection. When the question comes from the heart, it is uh, aimed to increase subordination and assurance and yaqeen, certitude. When it comes from the lower soul, it is a matter of contradiction and contrary contrariness and objection. Right? So it is the lower soul that's asking. So we will first listen to the question and then we will answer it not from the the, we will take the question not from the point of view of the lower soul, but we will transfer it over to the heart and we will listen to the answer to find assurance in our hearts. And then to convince the lower soul, to, to, to shut the lower soul up and then find assurance in our hearts, inshallah. You say, the lower soul, you say, verses such as, بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ in whose hand lies domination over all things. This is the Quran, chapter 36, Yasin, verse 83, the one that we read at the beginning. And uh, the word domination can also be translated as control. Uh, I think we talked about this uh, earlier. Uh, we talk about the realm of dominion and the realm of domination. The Arabic words are alam al-mulk and alam al-malakut. Uh, malakut is, mulk is property and malakut is owning everything that relates to that property everything each and everything being in control of everything like you may have the deeds to a um, house and its yard you own it right but that is mulk that's property you own it as property trees grow in the yard herbs grow weeds grow bugs come you know birds land you have no control on any of those things right malakut when you have control on all of them everything 
including the metaphysical dimensions of whatever might be going on there. So Alam al-Mulk, Alam al-Malakut is sometimes translated as the, the angelic realm in reference to this metaphysical aspects of things that might be going on there, the, the real power that is being exerted, exercised in relation to things, right? But it is actually a bit wider than that, broader than that. It includes the mulk, it includes everything that relates to the possession and therefore disposal and control and arrangement of that thing. So in whose hands lies domination of all things? That is God. Another verse. There is no moving creature which he, God, does not grasp by its forelock, does not control. This is chapter 11, verse 56. And then. This is a famous verse, of course. We are closer to him than his juggler vein. God is closer to each and every one of us, closer than our jugular veins. So that's the vein that's carrying blood from our heart to our brain. Like how closer can you get? He's closer than that. So these verses show the utmost closeness of God. God is close to us, near. While, now there are other verses. While, وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ it is to him that you will all be brought back. So if we are being brought back, if we are returning, then we must be far. So this is an implication. This is again the um, 36th chapter, Surah Al-Yasin, verse 83, it's the same verse. Within the same verse, these are next to each other. The, the, one is بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And the other is وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And then another verse, by which the angels and the spirit ascend to him, ascend to God, on a day whose length is 50,000 years by our standards, by the standards of our uh, years, right? That day is 50,000 years. So it takes 50,000 years for the spirit and the, and the, the angels to ascend to him. So what, what kind of a distance is that? As well as, so in addition to these verses, there are also other uh, sources, as well as truths such as the sublime real is behind 70,000 veils. This is a, a prophetic tradition, from a prophetic tradition. And the uh, prophetic ascension, mi'raj, right? We listen to the narration of the mi'raj, the, the prophetic ascension, and it is, although it happened by our standards within a very short period of time, short enough that when the Prophet ﷺ left his uh, bed or where he was lying down and, and came back, it was still warm. But the things that happened within that short period of time, with the expansion of time, or the Prophet ﷺ being um carried above time leaving the time dimension right that's enormous lifetimes of events have happened during the prophetic ascension so then that ascension must also be covering a long distance right and the prophetic ascension 
as it has reached us in prophetic traditions, show our utmost distance from God. So we had verses that show that God is close, God is near, and then we have these other narrations that show that we are utmostly distant from God. I want an explanation that will bring this confusing secret closer to my understanding. We may not fully grasp it because it, you know, it, it involves realities that are beyond human comprehension. It's about God after all, right? But we wanted to, 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 to have a, a closer understanding of it. So, inshallah, we will not listen to this imitating the lower soul, but we will try to connect with our hearts and listen to it to find assurance in our hearts. Not objecting to it, but in a state of deference. We say, Amen, Amen. We heard and we believe. And after we heard and we believe, we then try to increase our faith, try to increase our belief, try to increase the certitude, assurance of our faith. And therefore, we listen to the answer. El cevap. Öyle ise dinle. Response. Then listen. Evvela. Birinci şu an ahirinde demiştik. Nasıl ki güneş, kayıtsız nuruyla, ve maddesiz aksi cihetiyle sana senin ruhun penceresi ve onun aynesi olan göz bebeğinden daha yakın olduğu halde sen mukayyet ve maddede mahpus olduğun için ondan gayet uzaksın. Onun yalnız bir kısım akisleriyle, gölgeleriyle temas edebilirsin ve bir nevi cilveleriyle ve cüzi tecelleriyle görüşebilirsin ve bir sınıf sıfatları hükmünde olan elvanlarına ve bir taife isimleri hükmünde olan şu ağlarına ve mazharlarına yanaşabilirsin. Eğer güneşin mertebeyi aslisine yanaşmak ve bizzat doğrudan doğruya güneşin zatıyla görüşmek istersen, o vakit pek çok kayıtlardan tecerrüt etmekliğin ve pek çok meratibi külliyetten geçmekliğin lazım gelir. Okay, this is the middle of paragraph, but let's stop there. We will uh, continue inshallah. First, we had said at the end of the first ray, and that was uh, two episode, episodes before this, so if you want to go ahead and listen to it, unless you have already done so, you can do that, inshallah. We had said at the end of the first ray, in the way that while the sun is closer to you with its unrestricted light and from the point of view of its immaterial reflection than the pupil of your eye, which is your spirit's window and the sun's mirror. You are utterly far from it because you are restricted and imprisoned in matter. With its rays, the light, with the heat in its light, with the seven colors in that, that's being carried in that light, with its radiation, etc., etc. With, with all of these things, the sun can reach to you and even penetrate through your body. You know, some of the... Uh, wavelengths that are coming from the sun can go through your body so it is close to you, it's closer to you, it's closer to you than the pupil of your eye because if you is this metaphysical being right your your ruh your spirit you, that also needs to connect to the pupil of the eye there are the nerves there are all sorts of things between the spirit and the eye there are the intermediaries that are there are the means so the sun is 
um, very close to you, but you are utterly far from it because, you know, the sun can reach you very easily, but how about you try to reach the sun? Light travels that distance slightly over eight minutes. How long would it take for you to travel there? And would you be able to do it anyway because of the heat that is going to boil you over if you try to reach to the sun, right? You can contact contact some of its the sun's reflections and shadows only. So when we say shadow here, it does it is not only um, you know the, the absence of light when something blocks the light, and what you see there is the absence of light, but also let's say the sunlight um, comes on a red rose flower, the petals of a red rose flower, that petal absorbs all light that's coming from the sun and reflects only the red spectrum, right? So the absence of the other uh, lights, other uh, colors, right? The absence of the other colors is like a shadow. Or in other words, the reflection of that red is like a shadow. So it's reflections and shadows. Reflections, the red is uh, reflection, and the, the absorption of the others is shadow. You can contact some of its, the sun's reflections and shadows only. You can communicate with some kinds of its reflections and particular manifestations and come close to its colors, which in effect are a type of its attributes and its race and the loci of its appearance, which in effect are a group of its names. So we are setting our minds, we are creating a cognitive pattern in, in an analogy, right? So the, the um, reflections and particular manifestations of the sun, we don't come close to the sun, Right? But we can communicate with some kinds of, not all, some kinds of its reflections and particular manifestations, such as, you know, when we go out on a sunny day, we can feel the heat on our skin. And come close to its colors, which in effect are a type of its attributes. So the sun, uh, when it, it re refracts through a prism, we see seven colors, right? These are like the seven attributes. Of God you know like life uh, existence life oneness uh, hearing seeing uh, knowledge etc right so you can contact some of its reflections and shadows only you can communicate with some kinds of its reflections and particular manifestations and come close to its colors which in effect are a type of its attributes and its rays and the loci of its appearance, which in effect are a group of its names. So the rays become the names. So I see, you know, the, I see the ray, I see, so this is the a, a, a ray from the sun. I, I can refer to it as the sun, right? The sun is um, illuminating the deck deck of the house now what's happening what's actually happening is some of the rays of the sun are illuminating the deck of the house but i refer to it as the sun 
if you want to come close to the sun's true level the sun that is you know eight minutes away with the speed of light around which the earth is revolving that is you know so big and that is so hot and that is so old right the true level of the sun if you want to do the actual sun that is in the space if you want to come close to the sun's true level and communicate with it directly then it will be required that you free yourself from many restrictions gravity right that we burn if we come close and traverse many universal levels it is as if you can have a claim to communicating with it directly without a veil and coming close to it to some extent only only after growing as big as the globe of the earth expanding spiritually like air rising as high as the moon and facing it like a full moon that's when you can you know, do it if you can you cannot but if you want to do it this is what it takes adeta sen manen tecerrüt cihetiyle küreyi arz kadar büyüyüp hava gibi ruhen inbisat edip ve kamer kadar yükselip bedir gibi mukabil geldikten sonra bizzat perdesiz onunla görüşüp bir derece yanaşmak dava edebilirsin öyle de öyle de o celili pür kemal o cemili bi misal o vacibül vücud o mucidi kulli mevcud o şemsi sermed o sultanı ezel ve ebed sana senden yakındır sen ondan nihayetsiz uzaksın now in that case in that case now we are moving from uh, the analogy to reality and we actually did this in the first race so we are not doing it in a lot of detail in that case that completely perfect majestic one and of course these are going to be all names of god right jalili purkamal completely perfect majestic one that peerlessly beautiful one there's nothing like god and that there is nothing no beauty that is like god's beauty that necessarily existent one right? we are all contingent beings we are we don't exist necessarily we uh, god chose to bring us into existence we were we were uh, balanced between existence and non-existence he chose uh, chose to bring us into existence but he is necessarily existent he his existence does not depend on anything and he is above and beyond time he created time too he is eternal right so that completely perfect majestic one that peerlessly beautiful one that necessarily existent one that creator who brought all existent beings into existence that son of perpetuity and that sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity is closer to you than you he is closer to you to me oh my lower soul he is closer to you than you you are endlessly far from him on the other hand i am endlessly far from him i mean like i 
going to the sun may be possible one day they may develop some material that's going to endure the heat and they already sent some uh, you know some spacecraft uh, that travels toward the sun and at some point that's going to burn and melt right maybe one day they'll develop a material that's going to endure that and perhaps we will human beings will travel to the sun you know, sounds a bit unimaginable but theoretically it's possible but but how about moving closer to the sun of perpetuity the sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity no i'm endlessly far from him i cannot i cannot draw close to him i cannot draw close to him I mean, if, if if he wants to reach to me and and envelop me in his presence that's different but on my own with my with my means i cannot draw close to him if you have the capacity now apply the truths of this analogy to this i.e you ask some questions some verses say uh, or or suggest that um <clears throat> god is utmostly close to us and there are other verses that suggest that we are endlessly far from him right so this is the first answer and it is a repetition of the first ray because it answers this question too now we move on to the second explanation saniyan mesela walillahil mesalul ala bir padişahın çok isimleri içinde kumandan ismi çok mütedahil dairelerde tezahür eder. Ser asker daire-i külliyesinden tut, müşiriyet ve ferikiyet ta yüzbaşı ta onbaşıya kadar geniş ve dar külli ve cüz'i dairelerde ve zuhur ve tecellisi vardır. Şimdi bir nefer hizmet-i askeriyesinde onbaşı makamında tezahür eden cüz'i kumandanlık, kumandanlık noktasını merci tutar, Kumandan azamına şu cüz'i cilve-i ismiyle temas eder ve münasebettar olur. Eğer asıl ismiyle temas etmek, ona o ünvanla görüşmek istese, onbaşılıktan ta ser asker mertebeyi külliyesine çıkmak lazım gelir. Second, for instance, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُّ عَلَى And to God is the highest similitude. And we say this when we um, use analogies to, to talk about God. And it implies that God is above and beyond the similitudes, the analogies that we that we suggest. However, we need those analogies in order to grasp what's going on. We think of them as mirrors, but we do not think of them as scales to measure the tremendousness, the majesty, the perfection of God and his attributes, names and attributes. So for instance, among the many names of a monarch, his name, the commander, appears in many concentric circles. So a monarch can have many names. The monarch being the absolute ruler of a um, country is the head of all judges. He is the an ultimate judge in the country he is the head of all um, 
administrators of the ministry of let's say health he is the you know top person top disposer of affairs relating to health he is the commander right his name the commander he is the top in the command in relation to the military so everything converges in his person and then from his person the power the rule the disposal right moves down along a hierarchy and that hierarchy is like a concentric circle at the top and center top or center rather is the commander-in-chief the, the, the monarch and then there will be let's say perhaps a commander-in-chief and then perhaps there will be a few generals and then there will be some lieutenant generals and then there will be some captains then some surgeons then the, the private soldier all the way down right and this is like a circle concentric circles that are expanding among the many names of a monarch his name the commander appears in many concentric circles it has appearances and manifestations in all universal and particular and broad and narrow circles from the universal circle of the commander-in-chief you know the, when the commander-in-chief gives a command it if he if he issues a universal command it goes through the entire army it goes to each and every or it's supposed to go to each and every private soldier they each hear his command and they are each in a position where they have to obey right from the universal circle of the commander-in-chief to those of a lieutenant general the captain and even the sergeant now in his military service a private soldier relates to military service or military duty a private soldier relates to the particular point of command appearing on or in the person of a surgeon's rank and contacts and engages his tremendous commander through that particular manifestation of the name of the commander the monarch's name commander or title as the commander right, is manifest in the rank of the surgeon the surgeon receives that manifestation from the captain the captain receives it from let's say the lieutenant general the lieutenant general receives from the general then the general receives from the chief of staff the, 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 the commander-in-chief and then the commander-in-chief unless the monarch decided to be the commander-in-chief himself but the commander-in-chief receives it from the monarch so when the private soldier looks at his sergeant in a sense he sees the manifestation of the monarch when the private soldier engages the surgeon in a sense he is engaging the, com uh, the, the the commander the monarch if he the private soldier wants to contact the commander and communicate with him in his true name a commander with a capital C if he wants to meet him the commander with that title 
then the soldier would be required to ascend from the surgeon's rank all the way to the universal rank of the commander-in-chief because it is the commander-in-chief who enters the presence of the monarch and communicates with the monarch directly as as the, the monarch is in his very person right the soldier well he, he needs to work hard and climb through the ranks and become the commander-in-chief and then he can do that if that is not the case if he is not able to uh, to to uh, ascend through the ranks then he engages the commanders through the rank and person of the surgeon who then moves on to the higher rank the higher rank the higher rank all the way to the commander-in-chief demek padişah o nefere ismiyle hükmüyle kanunuyla ve ilmiyle telefonuyla ve tedbiriyle ve eğer o padişah evliya-i abdaliyeden nurani olsa bizzat huzuruyla gayet yakındır hiçbir şey mani olup hail olamaz halbuki o nefer gayet uzaktır binler mertebeler hail binler hicaplar fasıldır fakat bazen merhamet eder hilaf-ı adet bir neferi huzuruna alır lütfuna mazhar eder in that case that monarch is utterly close to that soldier with his name, rule, law, and knowledge, telephone, administration. Imagine when the soldier faces his uh, surgeon, he calls the surgeon commander. But the surgeon is not a commander in relation to the captain. The captain is not a commander in relation to the general. The general is not a commander in relation to the commander-in-chief. The commander-in-chief, it is different uh, from the monarch, is not a commander in relation to the monarch. The monarch is the true commander. Therefore, when the private soldier addresses the surgeon as my commander, he is actually interacting with the monarch. He is engaging the monarch and therefore the monarch is close to the soldier with his name and with his rule with his law and knowledge the monarch knows about the private soldier with his telephone if the monarch wanted to communicate with the soldier he could you know pick up the phone and call the soldier or you know send a command ask for information with his administration and if he is a luminous one among the saints of substitutes directly with his presence so uh, we talked about this before too a group among the saints of god are called abdal and the word comes from uh, badala to substitute to change uh, because they have substituted god's will with their with the will of uh, their lower soul uh god bestows them with this quality that that they sometimes be present in more than one places so if this monarch is like a saint who is a substitute an abdal then this monarch can also be present by the soldier with his presence nothing can prevent it and keep it apart nothing can prevent uh this closeness right the monarch is utterly close to that soldier 
nothing can prevent this closeness or you know put it away keep it apart yet the soldier is utterly distant now when we look from the soldier's point of view he is utterly distant he is beyond distances he is far he is apart by thousands of levels and separated by thousands of veils however sometimes the monarch shows his mercy and contrary to custom he brings a soldier to his presence and graces him with his benevolence perhaps on a memorial day on a day of celebration he chooses some of his uh, some private soldiers in his army he asks all he asks the the military to pick let's say 15 private soldiers who have shown some uh, heroism or something and brings them to the palace and brings them to his palace and shows him graces them with his benevolence is it possible yes it's possible but it is contrary to custom it's an exceptional situation it is the breaking of the norm öyle de emri kun feyekune malik güneşler ve yıldızlar emirber nefer hükmünde olan zat-ı zülcelal her şeye her şeyden daha ziyade yakın olduğu halde her şey ondan nihayetsiz uzaktır onun huzuru kibriyasına perdesiz girmek istenilse zulmani ve nurani yani maddi ve ekvani ve, em- ve esmai ve sıfati yetmiş binler hicaptan geçmek her ismin binler hususi ve külli derecatı tecellisinden çıkmak gayet yüksek tabakatı sıfatına mürur edip ta sıfatında sıfatında mürur edip ta ismi azamına masar olan arş azamına uruc etmek eğer cezb ve lütfu olmazsa binler seneler çalışmak ve suluk etmek lazım gelir mesela sen ona halık ismiyle yanaşmak istersen senin halıkın hususiyetiyle sonra bütün insanların halıkı cihetiyle sonra bütün zihayatların halıkı ünvanıyla sonra bütün mevcudatın halıkı ismiyle münasebetdarlık lazım gelir yoksa zilde kalırsın yalnız cüz'i bir cilveyi bulursun likewise the majestic entity who is the possessor of the command of be and it is kun fayakun and whose obedient soldiers the suns and stars are so we are talking about God here the majestic entity we are talking about God's entity who is the possessor of the command of be and it is he says be and it is and whose obedient soldiers the suns and stars are he is closer to everything than everything but everything is endlessly far from him everything is endlessly far from him if one wanted to enter his presence of grandeur without veils one would have to cross 70,000 thousands Sanusi uses the, the the plural here although it doesn't quite work linguistically um, we should preserve it one would have to cross 70,000s of veils of darkness and light that is to say matter and creation that's darkness and names and attributes that's lights 
one would have to climb through each name's thousands of specific and universal degrees of manifestation, then pass through the utterly lofty layers of his attributes in order to ascend to his tremendous throne, which is the locus of appearance of his tremendous name, and thus toil and journey for thousands of years, unless his divine attraction and benevolence are involved, unless he draws you close with his divine attraction and divine benevolence. Let's try to understand it a bit better. If one wanted to enter his presence of grandeur, um, we can think of the Prophet wasallam, right? He is the one who witnessed our Lord, who witnessed God with the fullest, most complete um, possible witnessing in his complete grandeur that is possible to be witnessed by a created being. So if you wanted that, if you wanted to get there, if one wanted to enter his God's presence of grandeur without veils, now we are behind veils. And according to some narrations, there are 70,000 veils of darkness and light between us and God. When we witness our Lord in the beautiful, um, let's say, daisy that is growing by the road, and it is as if our Lord is smiling to us in the face of that uh, little white yellow daisy, that is what is reflecting after being filtered through 70,000 veils of darkness and light of God's name, the beautiful. Beyond our imagination, we can only try, right? We try to understand our Lord's attributes, our Lord, by looking at the imprints of creation on the face of the creatures. Because as we talked before, what we see is a manifestation of God's names and attributes. He wills them into existence, and in the process, that willing into existence, that creation manifests his names and attributes on the face of the creation creatures. So if one wanted to enter his presence of grandeur without veils, so that daisy is a veil, but the, the, the word veil, we need to understand this a bit better here. It is not just a curtain, a veil that prevents us to see anything completely opaque. No, that's not the case. It's a veil, if you looked carefully, it actually helps us see something. Now that thing that we see, which is ultimately uh, the, the names and attributes of God and his entity, or the manifestations of his entity, right? What we see is not what it is, but it is a reflection of it, it's a manifestation of it. And this veil helps us see that manifestation, well, by 
holding a mirror to it or by being a screen on which the projector can on which the projector projects the image or another metaphor that Ustad Nursi uses a veil with little holes in it like a tool if you look at the fibers of the of the fabric you see the fibers of the fabric and that is this world itself the daisy itself but if you look through the holes between the fibers then you see what's behind it and also it is the case that what is behind it is so bright that you could not look at it with the naked eye but when you use this veil in between it helps you see something it is like looking at the sun with smoke glasses with a smoked glass so it is not the difference is it's not just one smoke glass there are thousands of veils of light and darkness now although Statnusi does not say this uh, directly one um, suggestion here and I may be wrong about this but my one suggestion here seems to be that the 70,000 veils of darkness and light correspond to uh, matter and creation or matter and the created beings that's darkness right and names and attributes that's light each light reflects on something so if you take a mirror you can hold it to a source of light and it reflects the light but the mirror has the backside which is opaque it needs to be opaque for the mirror to be reflective so the world that we live in the matter that it is made of is dark is dense it's not luminous it's not radiant but it has this capacity to reflect radiance so then we divide the 70,000 into two then we have 35,000 uh, veils made of matter and the creatures creation and then 35,000 lights that they reflect regardless we know that what we see is what is possible to see through 70,000 veils of darkness and light one would have to climb through each names thousands of specific and universal degrees of manifestation now each name has various uh, forms of uh, manifestation the example will come but just to quickly uh, suggest something when we talk about the daisy on the side of the road right it is the man it is manifesting the name the beautiful and the name the beautiful is manifest on the daisy specifically what you can see from God's beauty on the daisy is what is possible to be reflected by one daisy but then if you think of all daisies all around the world all roses all around the world all beautiful things all around the world all beautiful things in the universe and in the physical realm and then in the metaphysical realm if you put all of these together well then that's a different kind of manifestation 
So one would have to climb through each name's thousands of specific and universal degrees of manifestation. The manifestation that's on all daisies together is a universal manifestation in, in comparison to the manifestation on the specific individual days that we saw on the, on, the, on the roadside. The manifestation on all flowers is more universal than the manifestation on all daisies, and so on and so forth. One would have to climb through each name's thousands of specific and universal degrees of manifestation, then pass through the utterly lofty layers of his God's attributes in order to ascend to his tremendous throne. Now, at this uh, at this stage, we are talking about um, issues that are beyond our reach, beyond the reach of our worldly eyes. We can see the imprints in the creation. We can then use our intellect and imagination to move on to the name. From there, we can move on to the attrib attributes and we can use our intellect and imagination in all of these. Right? And then, uh, in order to ascend to his tremendous throne, God's tremendous throne, right, Arshul Azim, which is the locus of appearance of his tremendous name. Now, one of God's names is the tremendous name, Ismaza. We don't know exactly which one. And it may be a name, it, it may be a, uh, or for each uh, person or creature, the tremendous name may be a different one in his her its specificity but then there is a tremendous name in relation to the entire creation and there are different narrations about what this is right but basically as it is manifest on the tremendous throne this tremendous name gathers all names all names are manifest through it just to give an example, you can think of it as the white light of uh, the sun, right? And that white light combines, includes all the colors of the light spectrum. So the tremendous name combines all the names. So if one wanted to do this, you know, move through the specific and universal degrees of manifestation, pass through the utterly lofty layers of God's attributes in order to ascend to his tremendous throne, which is the locus of appearance of his tremendous name. So one would need to toil and journey for thousands of years on that path, unless, unless his divine attraction, God's divine attraction and benevolence are involved. If he wants, he's, you know, he's close to all of us. He's closer to us than us, than our jugular vein. He can draw us close to himself at an instant, at a, less than an instant, in, in no time. We are absolutely, we are absolutely far, but he's absolutely close to us. Now, Ustad Nusi will give us an example similar to the day's example. For example, if you want to draw close to him with his name, the creator, so you can say, Khaliqi my creator, right? You would need to have a relationship with him through the specifics of him being your creator. By looking at yourself, you can understand something of that he is your creator. But this is the most specific. This is you know, one of the uh, veils that is furthest from him. But then, but then you can 
relate to him as the creator of all people now it's a bit more universal then with the title of the creator of all beings then with the name of the creator of all existent beings the entire cosmos the entire existence otherwise so you would have to do all of these if you want to draw close to him otherwise you remain in the shadow and find only a particular single reflection that is manifest that is reflecting on your specific self right he is being the being your creator that single particular reflection that's all you see then you need to start from yourself but then also expand in order to draw closer to him and this is the task we are all here to draw closer to him once again if he wills he can he can you know the way he did to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he can take him take you take a person on a night while lying down on a mattress or somewhere right put on a um, mount with jibril alayhi salam have him journey from mecca to masjid al-aqsa in jerusalem quds and then from there with another mount have him ascend through the heavens to the tremendous throne we don't know exactly where but to a place that is above and beyond time where he can be before his lord in the presence of the lord of the universes the the creator of all before god before allah and that can take no time because it's in you know in his capacity it's all within his capacity he can do it but if we, we were to try to do it well it's an endless 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 path that and and the point is being on the path the point is not getting to the end because there is no end to it the point is being on the path and then we can always hope that he will turn to us with his enabling grace and move us in one instant to his presence presence or to to the station of his contentment inshallah bir ihtar temsildeki padişah aczi için kumandanlık isminin meratibinde müşir ve ferik gibi vasıtalar koymuştur fakat biyedihi melekutu kulli şey olan kadiri mutlak vasıtalardan müstahnidir vasıtalar sırf zahiridirler perdeyi izzet ve azamettirler ubudiyet ve hayret ve acz ve iftikar içinde saltanat rububiyetine dellaldırlar temaşa gerdirler muini değiller şeriki saltanatı rububiyet olamazlar a reminder out of his impotence the monarch in the analogy has placed intermediaries such as a commander-in-chief or a lieutenant general at the various levels of his name now we gave an example we talked about a worldly monarch in order to understand or bring uh, the, the meanings closer to our understanding about God's uh, royal power God's divinity 
God's Lordship. Now, when we move from analogy to reality, if there are really important issues that need to be pointed out, we need to say, well, the analogy works up to, up to this point. From this point on, you need to think differently. Right? In this analogy, there is something that we really need to think different, differently. Now, the monarch, the worldly monarch, let's say, relates to that soldier through the sergeant. The sergeant is necessary for that relationship through the captain, through the lieutenant, through the lieutenant general, through the um, commander-in-chief. They are all necessary for that relationship to happen. Once in a while, one or two soldiers can be brought to the, to the presence of the monarch directly and the monarch can interact with them directly. But to interact with, let's say, if the, the army has uh, 200,000 soldiers, to interact with 200 soldiers all at once, the monarch needs the commander-in-chief, the general, the lieutenant, the captain, the sergeant, whatever. They're all necessary. And they're all necessary because the monarch, unless he's Abdal, as we talk, the monarch does not have the capacity, does not have the potency to be next to each and every soldier all, all, at all times. That's an impotence. That's a weakness. That's a uh, that, that's lack of a capacity. Now, that's not the case with God. However, the absolute all-powerful one, in whose hand lies domination over all things, is self-sufficient above intermediaries. He does not need the 70,000 veils to interact with us. He does not need the pill to give us shifa, healing. He does not need uh, the apple to put nutrition into our existence, into our body. He does not need the, uh, let's say, sun in order to send light uh, to us and make the day bright. He does not need uh, a father and a mother to bring a child into the world. He does not need any of these. These intermediaries are not necessary for his creation or nurturing of the creation or sustaining of the creation. He is self-sufficient above intermediaries. Intermediaries are only apparent they serve a purpose, and for that purpose, they are only apparent. They are veils of dignity and tremendousness. God's dignity and tremendousness calls the, 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 the veils, right, or the causes to be veils of the hand of power, God's hand of power. Dignity and tremendousness. And we talked about this elsewhere. Uh, you know, one aspect of this, for instance, is when we get sick or when, when, when an accident happens, a car crash and somebody dies or wounded, right? Now, it is from God. God created that. But the lower soul, the human lower soul and Satan is whispering on the side, has this proclivity to find fault with what uh, appears to give it harm. 
it does not see the big picture it does not see that there is good even in this etc etc it, it it finds fault now is it okay would it be okay for us to find fault with our lord when an accident happened when we were hurt in an accident of course not so the apparent causes of the other car was coming at the speed and the light was red and it crossed and i i tried to uh, break the car but it did not happen in time and we crashed etc etc all of these come in between the hand of power and our thinking to be a veil and preserve God's dignity in our sight and his tremendousness in our sight and also give us a chance to continue to draw to our Lord even when we find ourselves in a situation like that we can complain from the causes to our Lord but we don't we never complain about our Lord we know that he is all-powerful cannot be held accountable for anything but he is also merciful and whatever he does there's a beauty in that when we can't see that beauty it's because of our deficiency defect and deficiency otherwise as we have said many times reality is beautiful so intermediaries are only apparent there are other purposes to other wisdoms to rather there are other wisdoms uh, related to this too but that should be that should suffice for now because we talked about this in the past and we will talk about it in the future too inshallah intermediaries are only apparent they are veils of dignity and tremendousness they are the public criers and spectators of the royal power of his lordship so this is the other thing other uh, another wisdom rather they're public criers the um the apple that is ripening on the branch of the tree and you extend your hand you stretch out your hand and pull it and you eat and there's there is this delicious taste in it that delicious taste is proclaiming your lord is merciful the satiation that you feel when you eat apple is proclaiming that your lord is the provider he could he could um give you pleasure without the apple he could satiate you without the apple but he chose to do this and one wisdom is what we talked about the veil uh, of dignity and tremendousness and another wisdom is that there it's, it's a proclaimer it's a public crier of the, the royal power of his lordship and if it is another conscious human being or animal or something else they're also spectators they're also watching and witnessing and showing gratitude right they are public criers and spectators of the royal power of his lordship in a state of worshipful slavehood bewilderment oh impotence and sense of destitution neediness showing their destitution before him and beseeching him they are not his assistants he does not need assistance they cannot be partners of the royal power of lordship they are not partners they are not assistants they are veils and public criers and spectators i hope that's going to be clear subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin
الفاتحة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى